everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm your gracious, humble, sexy host, Dan Hummer. I'm here with uh, probably one of the biggest dicks I've ever seen in my life, Doug. And I'll leave that for interpretation. I thought I was more of an asshole than I was a dick. But hi. I meant you have one of them. Uh, all right, Eric, how are you doing? Good. That was funny. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate the compliment. Although, you know, most doctors can't even find it with a magnifying glass. How we're here to talk about the. We're doing very good. Uh, okay. We're here to talk about the top ten worst wrestling matches of all time, at least in our perspective opinions. So, this is going to be a good one. We give a lot of praise on this show. We do like to talk a lot of shit. So, oh, yeah. we finally get the chance to do so. I'm sorry, Scott Casey, if you think I'm being an armchair quarterback, but I watch it. I pay good money to watch it so I can say if it sucks ass or not. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's yeah, what we're all going to do. Uh, yeah. If they, you know, if they didn't want wrestling fans to bitch, then people like the guns wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> exactly. So, this is going to be fun. I'm excited to go through some of the shittiest of, of wrestling because there's a lot of bad wrestling. As much as there's great wrestling, there's a lot of bad, too. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, do we have Workers of the Week, guys? I didn't really watch this week. I only watched Raw so far. I've been kind of just on the kick to where, like, Raw is the only thing I really want to watch. Yeah, you've been fucking with Raw lately. Yeah. Which is Which is weird, but... Like, I mean, so I'll say that right now, because I don't know if I'm going to watch SmackDown tonight or not, I might. But I'll say my worker of the week is actually, uh, I'll say my worker of the week is Cody, because I thought he had a really good match with uh, with Gable. That's true. So, and Chad Gable has really been impressive lately when it comes to having really good matches. I mean, his ring work's always been good, but yeah. I hope they do something with him soon. Uh, I think they're planning on it, because I think they're going to take uh, fat ass and put him with the uh, <laughs> maximum male model. Yeah. So. Fat ass. Oh. Oh. He used to be entertaining, and then they just turned him into some this big idiot. Gotcha. I mean... Making him a heel probably wasn't a good idea. No, not at all. When he was a babyface and he had Mandy Rose by him and he won the money in the bag and shit, that was actually a cool little run for us. Uh, yeah, it was. It sucks that they never really got to capitalize on it, but it also makes sense. Yeah. Well, he's not necessarily a main eventer. No, but it would have been fun seeing him try. Yeah. Like, give him a pay-per-view main event once. Like, fuck it, you know? That would have been fun. Yeah, but, like, you take away everything that made Otis Otis, and then you just turn him into this big, uh, you turn him into my best friend from high school, uh, and he doesn't listen to this show, so Love I can talk shit about Yeah, him. <laughs> and he doesn't listen to this show, so, uh, uh, you know, I can talk shit about him until we go home next week, and he's like, oh, so I heard what you said about me. 
Man, what's he going to do? I don't like him anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's your work of the week. Eric gave one? Yeah, not yet. I think I was the first one to go. Um, not really. Not this week. Uh, I'll say this now. I'm, I could care less about the paper, about the AEW pay-per-view on Sunday. By the way, Eric, we're not getting it. Uh, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I have to work anyway. <laughs> so, like, but the whole thing is just like, well, first of all, I'm swearing off AEW until Tony Khan realizes he fucked up and takes the titles off the guns. Like, I'll watch highlights on YouTube, but I'm not watching the television program again until, you know, the guns are either no longer champions or Tony Khan really has enough sense in his head and fires both their fucking asses. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that. I don't think that title run is going to last long. Who knows what they're going to do? But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's WrestleMania season, so it's getting exciting. I can't wait for uh, Cody and Reigns at WrestleMania. Did you guys, uh, Eric, did you see Kale Sutton on the Ariel Hawati show? Uh-huh. The MMA no, not hour? this week. What did he say? He was talking mad shit about Cody, dude. Really? Yeah, it was funny. I think he was just joking, but like... Ariel was trying to get him to play like a darts game or whatever. And he said something about Cody uh, Rhodes because he was on the leaderboard. And he's like, Cody Rhodes, you know, backstabbed uh, Vince, even though he fed his whole family and all this shit. And he's the reason for all of his success. And then he backstabbed him. And then he came running back. And he, he said that he's the most disloyal guy and all this stuff. It is kind of funny, but it's all bullshit, too. And I don't think he means any yeah. of it. I, I don't think he no. talks Dusty like that, especially if Dusty's not around to defend himself. Yeah, because he called Dusty, is, he said his fat slob of a father and stuff. That was a little much. But that's nasty. That's nasty. And Chill goes a little far sometimes, but he's also like, he's like the pro wrestler. The MMA. Like, you know, he's nothing serious. It's always a promo. He's not trying to be a dick. I mean, he is trying to be a dick, but he's just doing it for entertainment value. I like his character. That's his character. Now that he's kind of like more of an analyst, I don't think he needs to put it on a stick like that. Maybe he really does feel that way. Who knows? But it'd be funny if Cody responded. I got to say this. I have, and I've been a critic of Brock Lesnar in the past, but Monday night on Raw when they did that segment with him and MVP. Yeah. Like, I thought that that was the funniest fucking thing. Yeah, me too. Like, and it almost made me care about Brock Lesnar versus Omos at WrestleMania. Even though, you know, everybody's, you know, up in arms about it because apparently Vince suggested that the match happened. And and then people are just like, oh, my God, Vince is back in charge. Vince is Brock Lesnar prefers Vince McMahon to do his booking. Yeah. It's been that way forever. So if Vince has a suggestion, Brock is going to listen. And to the, yep. to the one guy out there that uh, 
Apparently, because there is somebody out there that keeps saying, I keep telling you Vince is back in creative. Vince is back in creative. And it's, I personally think that that guy is actually getting paid by Vince to say that to get the fans all riled up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that theory for me, but I, I, I get it. Uh, I, I just think it's all a bunch of bullshit. I think that guy probably is irrelevant, doesn't mean anything like a lot of those people. That, that say and do shit like that. So is Corbin? He just wants attention. Yeah, I think he's just some fuck. I really don't care about it. So, yeah, who cares? Like, Vince is going to end up back in, you know, in charge of creative at some point anyway, especially if the Saudis buy the company. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's very true, but I mean, but right now, like, even though, even though technically he is back in the fold. To me, Raw is still enjoyable. It is. And I think they're really mainly going with, uh, you know, Triple H's creative. At least it seems like it. Yeah. So are we ready to... uh... Yeah. Top 10 worst wrestling matches of all time. Who would like to go first? Eric, you want to go first? I'll go first. Go first, Bubba. What's your number 10? Okay. We're going 10 to 1, like all of our rankings. What's the number 10 worst match of all time? In my opinion, uh, Sting versus Hogan, Stark A97. Um, yeah, just the way it ended, with all the controversy and the hype it got and going into the match, it, I don't want to get lived up to the hype with all the chaos oh, that yeah. ended and Sting didn't really win the title. Clean. I thought it should have been a clean win, especially because of the hype. And then they had to have a rematch two months later. So, well, I think that match was better. All right. Did you watch? Did you happen to watch the uh, A and E biography on the NWO? Uh, no. All right. So they did talk about Starcade, and Bischoff had talked about the original plan was always Sting was going to take the title off Hogan. Uh, and, you know, it was going to be that clean finish. Hulk Hogan goes up to Bischoff day of the show and goes, not today, brother. (laughs) And he goes, that doesn't work for me. And Eric goes, what do you mean not today? And Eric go, and Hogan goes, it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit me, brother. Therefore I can't do it. Uh, and Sting was just like, you know, Sting was, because they interviewed Sting. Yeah. Uh, and he pretty much said, he's just like, they built this story, and, uh, like, they built this story, and I was supposed to win the title, and then all of a sudden, you know, politics play a part, because Hulk just couldn't handle the fact that he, you know, Hulk doesn't like to get beat. And so then Kevin Nash chimed in and said, that's what happens. You fuck yourself over when you give a wrestler creative control. Yeah, because he had it. Yeah. And here's the funny thing, too. Kevin Nash should not talk anything about Starcade because he faked a heart attack so he he didn't have to put over the Giants. So if you're going to talk Starcade, do not talk Starcade 97 to Kevin Nash because that fucking piece of shit... You know, 
decided, I, you know, I think today's the day I need to have a heart attack so I don't do a job for a, for a guy whose neck I'm going to break the next month anyway. <laughs> uh, so you so you agree with Eric's pick? Oh, a hundred percent. And it's it, but it's funny. It's just that like well, everybody is you know asserting blame to one another, right? Because mm-hmm. then Hogan's just like, all right, fine, I'll put him over, but it's got to be controversial. I still have to look strong. So not only do they give that Fu Manchu piece of shit, uh, fucking ninety percent of the offense, but they do. Then they do this fast count, but it turns out not being a fast count. And uh, Hogan blames Sting for not kicking out. And Sting's just like, Sting's just like, I'm getting blamed. I was told it was going to be a fast count. Eric Bischoff thought it was going to be a fast count. Now, Nick Patrick did an interview, Nick Patrick, who was the referee, did an interview five years ago on David Penzer's podcast. Uh, and David Penzer asked me, he said, what the hell happened? Yeah. And Nick Patrick says, I had one guy who uh, told me, do a quick count. I had another guy tell me, no, brother, regular count. I couldn't find Bischoff because he was hiding because he didn't want to be bothered. Is that what he said? That's what Nick Patrick had said. So I listened to the guy who... So, unfortunately, I listened to the guy who thought he was running the company anyway. <laughs> that would be Hogan. So, and Nick, pa- and Nick Patrick should have been interviewed for this documentary because then that would have just put everything to bed. Yeah. But, yep. you know, he wasn't. We had to hear, because, again, Bischoff and Hogan blame, or Bischoff and Sting blame Hogan. Hogan blames Sting. And it's just like nobody is going to take full responsibility. It's just like Eric Bischoff should have just said, Hulk, this is the best way to do this. Please just do it. If not, then leave and we'll find somebody else to put Sting over. But Sting has to leave with the title tonight. Yeah, I mean, it had to be Hogan, but. Yeah. I mean, I would have fired his ass right then and there. So yes, after this long tirade, I do agree with Eric's number. I agree with. I don't. I mean, yeah. like we reviewed the good match that they had a, a like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and we reviewed Starcade '97 like two years ago too. Exactly. It's not that I this match to me. There's plenty of worse matches than this one. I think it is probably one of the biggest letdowns of all time, though. Mm-hmm. More than anything, it's a regular like Hogan and Sting. You can only get what you get out of them anyway. But because Hogan's not fucking Benoit anyway. Ooh. But for what you get with them, it was pre- this one was kind of ass, and especially because they built up to it yeah. for a year, it kind of had to deliver, and it didn't. So it is a good pick. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like your biggest event of the year. Yeah. So me next. I am going. I'm pretty sure I already know what it is, but I'm checking anyway. Demolition versus Tenru and Katow from WrestleMania 7. Katow? 
So, Tenru and Katao were two Japanese wrestlers, and they were pretty much brought in to work WrestleMania 7 because the WWF was working a Japanese tour at, uh, like, the very next week. And Tenru was actually going to be Hogan's partner in a match. So, they bring these two guys in, and uh, the deal was, you know, they would get exposure, and Katow would get the win here. Tenor and Katow would get the win over here on Demolition in exchange for Katow putting over Earthquake in Japan the next week. By the way, it didn't happen because Katow refused to sell. The only good part about this match, because it was at this time to where, like, the Demolition gimmick was just ass. Because yeah. it was smash and crush at the time, and Brian Adams could not work, could not work worth a shit. Yet, yet, I mean, he would get better, obviously. But as Demolition Crush, Demolition Crush was Demolition crap. Yeah. Uh, the only good part about this match was Bobby Heenan's commentary, because he kept fucking up Katow's name. He's like, you know, he should throw in the towel. And uh, <laughs> Monsoon went. Katow is the guy's name, Brain. And he goes, you wouldn't have trouble if this guy's name was Fred. And Brain goes, wait a minute, his name's Fred Katow? That is pretty good. <laughs> fucking hilarious. And like, but that was the only thing that made this watchable. Because the match just sucked. Uh, and, but... Yeah, no, I mean, and no disrespect to, uh, no disrespect, you know, to, you know, to smash or eat, well, all disrespect to Crush, because I just call him demolition crap, but, and, and, and Tenru was, Tenru was good too, but like Katow and Crush just fucking, they sucked. Yeah. Yeah, this match was ass. It's a good, good part for the list. Thank God it was only four minutes and 50 seconds. That's what she said. Uh, all right. Next up, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. All right. All right. You go. I have Shinsuke Nakamura and Jinder Mahal from SummerSlam 2017. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Terrible match. It was, you know, and by the way, Jinder's not as bad as everyone says. Yes, he was. His championship reign was kind of ass, but. I don't think that like I mean he shouldn't have became champion that that never made sense how he went from jobber to champion like that but I do like Jinder Mahal to an extent and like he had a good match with AJ when he dropped the belt to AJ the first Orton match was okay even though they proceeded to do the same match for like two more pay-per-views so here's the this match sucked oh I agree here's the thing they they needed him. They wanted him to be champion by the time he got to India. Yeah, no. Okay. The problem is, is that the person he was going to face in India was going to be Triple H. Yeah. And it's just like, why fucking have him work Triple H at, you know, in India when, you know, Triple H isn't going to do the job for Because Triple H really didn't like Jinder Mahal. No. No. But it's just like, and why defend the title against Triple H? You can't have Triple H win the title. Not again, though. 
So it just it, it made no sense. But yeah, this stuff with Nakamura, like you know, a lot of people say, "Oh my God, they killed Nakamura right away." It's like you didn't kill him, but like this didn't help things. You put him in an unwinnable situation. Well, no, because he should have just won the title because Nakamura was hot at the time, and. Because this is before the whole AJ shit, too, with Nakamura. Yeah. Which is probably, if we did a top ten most disappointing feuds of all time, that would be on my list. Because uh, you have two great guys that had great matches in New Japan, and then you make it a ball-hitting contest in WWE. And it never really worked. Uh, but Nakamura should have just won the title here or something. And Triple H beat Jinder in India anyway, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to be the champion so bad just so you can job in India? Yeah, pretty much. And by the way, like having a ball hit uh, hitting contest between AJ and uh, Nakamura. Yeah. I mean that was pretty much the creative meetings back in the day between Johnny Ace and Pritchard and uh Vince and uh Pat. That's a ball sucking committee. Uh but yeah, this match is just Touché. severely huh? Touché. It's severely bad. The gender couldn't work that well, and Shinsuke just had a different stiff style. I'm surprised Shinsuke's still with the company, to be honest. I mean, he hasn't been used. I mean, well, that's also because he went, he did some stuff in Japan. He was part of uh, one of uh, Great Muda's retirement matches. Yeah. But he's still with the WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't like this one. All right, Eric. Number nine. The great Kali versus Batista in the Pajuma prison match. No way out. No mercy. October 7th, 1997. 1997. I thought. And you talk about ulterior motives for stuff, like Doug just kind of said about the whole India deal. The Pujami prison almost seemed that it was only created to sell toys. I was just going to say that. And I had one. I got one for Christmas, I'm pretty sure. Either that or one of my friends had one. I remember playing with one. Oh, I forgot. You just gave me the face like I didn't have it, so I guess I didn't. But I definitely played with the pajami prison when I was younger. Uh, and, and, I mean, the toy was kind of, like, neat. But, like, the whole, like, deal with the – and the fact that they brought it back for Jinder Mahal and then Kali came out, and that I was fucking – I think they did that just to piss off Philadelphia. I think so, too. That, that was fucking stupid. But <laughs> it's an interesting idea with the bamboo prison and, and all that and – like I get it, it is an interesting gimmick. Like it's different from a cell or a cage, or yeah. But it's just fucking stupid. And you had two guys that Batista. I love Batista, and I think Batista is underrated. And no, I wouldn't even say overrated. I think he's underrated for how good he actually was. Yeah. But Kali fucking blue. Kali can't wrestle. He never could. He was a nice, big, intimidating guy, but he couldn't really do anything. Like he. When you look at a guy and he's having trouble like walking, it's like he's not gonna be able to wrestle. Yeah. So this was just like a chop fest, and yeah, it sucked. It was it was never gonna be good. But you are correct in the assumption of they need they wanted another you know 
Mattel pretty much wanted another thing, another thing to market so they could sell toys. They were with or not Mattel. Mattel. It was uh, they were with Jack stuff. Very good. Uh, the school dug in a toy thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, folks, this will be my last show. <laughs> uh, Two birds. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but yeah, it, it definitely that's exactly what it seemed like. Yeah, and <clears throat> I'm sure it did sell some toys, but it sucked. Well, first of all, like a stupid. Well, first of all, like even back in the day, kids would play with like anything WWE because like if the stuff looked cool, like on the box, it's like, oh, I want that. And then you know, parents would see the forty dollar price tag and be like, the fuck you do. Ah, unless parents actually like their kids. They did another one, right? Or this was the second one, wasn't it? Yeah, the first one was Undertaker and Vince. It was supposed to be Undertaker and Kali, but Kali failed a drug test. How the fuck does that hit? So it's funny that Kali wasn't even in the first Punjabi prison. Yeah, and it was his idea. And then the third, the third one was was gender and important. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, gender and order. And then there's hasn't been any sex. I don't think so. Thank God. Uh, yeah, no. it was. Yeah, it sucked. You're right, Eric. Jinder Mahal still around? Thank you. Yeah, he's uh, working in uh, NXT right now. Oh, okay. WWE's developmental. There you go. And he's back with uh, Indus here, uh, Veer Mahan, and whoever the hell the other guy is. Gotcha. Yeah, I I agree with you, bub. All right, your turn. Brock Lesnar and Goldberg from WrestleMania 20. Yeah, this is oh. another one that it's mostly like the situation around it. The match sucked too, but the crowd hated both guys so much because they knew they were leaving. Yeah. Because you know? it had gotten leaked that both guys were leaving. So what could, should have been like a really fucking you know, big spectacle of a match kind of got boggled down by bullshit. But the wrestling wasn't that good either. Yeah, well, and also, too, you got to remember, well, and also, the wrestling wasn't good because Brock and Goldberg didn't give a fuck because they heard how the crowd was treating them. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, if he knows people aren't into what he's doing, he's not going to try. Yeah. But, so, like, I can't wait to see what he does at WrestleMania because you know there's going to be people that are going to heckle him for working with Omos. But he's giving it his best effort right now. He's trying his best. But back then, it was, you know, when you hear the crowd fucking turn on you, it's like, do you really want to entertain that crowd? No. It's like, uh, you you know, it's just like, okay, you're going to turn on me. I'm out here to entertain you. But if you're going to, you know, shit on me anyway, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, New York City's full of assholes anyway. So, like, who gives a fuck? Not me to wear the way you're going to Western New York City <laughs> and not New York City. Uh, but, uh, I mean, well, it's not like we would drive through New York City with, I just talk shit about your city spray painted on the side of my car. Yeah. I'd have you hold a sign out the window. But, uh, <laughs> like, but I, I really feel like that's, what happened and Goldberg was kind of the same way it was 
was wondering what you're looking at. Uh, you got a nacho on your belly. Oh, but like Goldberg was kind of just the same way. It's just like, okay, I don't give a fuck about these people if they're just going to, if they're going to shit on. Yeah. Stone Cold tried to make it interesting yep. though. Yeah. Well, sometimes it works. Stone Cold was only interesting part of that match. Yeah. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like even, you know, rewind back to uh, 2015 Royal Rumble. The crowd had no interest and Eric is guilty of it, of, you know, cheering for yeah, or giving a damn about what Roman Reigns was doing. Yeah. Uh, but it also didn't help that Roman was going against two over-the-hell assholes like Big Show and Kane, too. Yeah, because it was badly booked, though. Yes. And, and that's you act like it wasn't badly booked. No, Eric it, was, it was badly booked because... Yeah, but you can't just say, fuck you, Eric and Quinnith, you're being dicks. It was badly booked. It sucked. <laughs> they have the right to boo. It was stupid. I think they have a right to boo the, the finish. I don't think they had the right to boo the guy that won the match. He wasn't there yet. He wasn't ready, and he shouldn't have been there. Uh, I mean, I still disagree on that. But, right. like, the fact that they had to bring – they tried to bring a rock in to try to smooth everything over, and uh, Philadelphia, surprisingly, wouldn't fall for it. They were too smart for that. Again, you know, this is a city where the highest IQ was seven. But, uh, like, it's almost like the same thing. Like, you know, in Madison Square Garden, when they tried to, when they had Austin be part of the match, it's just like, we know the fans are going to turn on these two. Yeah. So let's have one of the more popular guys in the company try to go out there and salvage it. It still didn't work because, unfortunately, wrestling fans are, you know, they do have some intelligence. Uh, I don't know about all that. Especially New York and Philly fans. Okay. Well, they think they have – the fact that they think they have intelligence actually makes them smart enough to know when somebody is trying to bullshit them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I again, I didn't. I personally didn't like the man. I mean, that's not one of the reasons why we bought the pay-per-view back in the day. Yeah. But, yeah, no. So that's why – I mean, it's my number nine because it, you know, sucks. Major ball. Okay, it's on my list, too. It's on your list, too? Yeah. I'm not going to say where, but it's on my list. <clears throat> right. All right, you ready for me? Yeah, why not? Guilty as charged, 1999, Shane Douglas versus Taz. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I thought this match sucked. Uh, it's a and it's another one and that bothers me because it's disappointing because it should have been good. And uh, go back and watch it. I don't think you've actually seen it. By the way, you're making a face because you got to watch that match. It blew. Okay, uh, Taz was very boring in, in this. Like, and he's usually really like exciting with the mortal, with the combat, you know, MMA style that he brings to the ring. But him and Shane just didn't have chemistry on this night, and it was a lo- it was a hyped up match, and it just fell flat. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because I don't remember it being that bad. Well, you're wrong because it sucked. <laughs> I didn't uh, like the match. I have to go back and watch it too. Go back and watch it, but it's okay because it's my list, and my list oh, is just no, my no, list. No. And it's definitely. But I mean, this begs an even be- an even bigger question: Am I ever right? Like no. you keep telling me I'm wrong, but am I ever right? This is the first time I said that on this podcast, but 
Uh, yeah, it was bad. I didn't like it. I thought it was a shitty match. I, I th- there was like botches a little bit, and also uh, I just like Shane was and by 1999. Shane Douglas kind of flew the coop. He wasn't as good as he used to. Yeah, this wasn't his last appearance <clears throat> in the company, but he was he was ready to leave, right? Yeah. So it's not. It's probably the best match out of all the matches on the list, but because it should have been a lot better, it made my list. Fair enough. So all right, somebody else go. Piss me off now. My turn. Number six, number eight. Uh, redhead, the red telling the cell. Bray Wyatt versus the Fiend. Bray Wyatt versus uh, Seth Rollins. Um, the match was decent, but it was just because it's ending. The ending referee stopped it, stopped the match in Hell in Cell. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no DQ yeah, match got it, stopped. The match should have never yeah, been for the exactly. title. Match should have yeah. never been for the title. Uh, match should have never happened in the first place. Like when Bray went on uh, Twitter and challenged the winner of Seth. Because the whole thing came about because he challenged the winner of Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins uh, for their Night of Champions match. They challenged him on Twitter. He challenged the winner on Twitter to meet him in he- uh, in Hell in a Cell. And WWE acknowledged it. Vince McMahon should have pulled Bray aside and said, you do that fucking again, I'll fire you. How do you do- Is that actually real, though? That doesn't feel that's real. What was, that's what was... He did challenge him on Twitter, yeah, and they but... did acknowledge it. Yeah, but that could have been WWE telling him to say that. Uh, if it was, it was very stupid. They, he should not. Yeah. have gotten a title shot this early. He became the fiend like a month before. Don't yeah. do that shit. Exactly. Fucking build yourself or up. Or give him the title. Fuck Seth Rollins. I mean, that's another uh, that's another possibility too. You can have Seth get the belt back. Yeah, they, this is probably right up there with uh, CM Punk and whoever. For uh, booking and Ryback for booking yourself into a quarter, where Ryback was super hot, and then they had that match with Punk, but they couldn't take the belt off Ryback, so they did a stupid fucky finish. Yeah. Same thing here. Fiend was the hottest character, you know, in the game at that point. People were loving it. Bray kind of reinvented himself. It was fucking awesome. (laughs) Everyone was into it, and then they give him a match for the title with a guy that they don't want to take the belt off yet. So. You booked yourself into a corner. So, yeah, the finish was stupid, and you ended in a no-DQ match by DQ. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was so dark. This was kind of a dark period in wrestling, too. Yeah. That's just kind of starting to finish up. Uh, yeah, it's a good pick. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Definitely. All right, number eight. Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the TNT title at AEW All Out 2021. Eddie Kingston sucks. Okay. There's no way around it. He is not a good wrestler. Uh, But, uh, um, 
He's not a good wrestler. He might be a, a decent promo, but other than that, like, he belongs in wrestling probably about as much as I would belong in porn. <laughs> uh, and and to be honest with you, Miro really isn't that much better. Like the whole Rusev Day bullshit. Rusev Day. I did, I didn't like it. I mean, Rusev. The best part about Rusev is the fact that he's got a hot wife, which well, good for him. She was annoying too, though. He's American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I get. I don't. You never really saw Rusev. You never understood it. Why the fans liked him so much? Exactly. I was into it a little bit. I thought Rusev Day was fine, but like Rusev, he just always got like start, stop, pushed, and and yeah. even in and it, once he got to AEW, it just felt too late. Yeah. So he just doesn't feel special anymore. So. Yeah, and plus, they're not even using them now. Yeah, so. And, like, the whole thing is that, like, because, like, part of the Rusev character, like, didn't bother me, like, or, like, you know, just bothered me. Like, the when he would wrestle against guys named Bobby, but he couldn't, he didn't know how to say Bobby, so he would just call him Bob. That's funny. It's just, like, like, I remember when he worked with Bobby Roode, he's like, Bob Roode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rude actually said in this promo, he's like, Rusev, my name is Bobby. And it's just like, it's two extra letters you have to add at the end of the fucking word. Now, I find him very funny. I think as a personality, he's he's kind of hilarious. And he's like, yeah, like he I've is. seen interviews, and I do, I don't mind him as a person. I don't have the same Rusev take as you. But the match with Kingston did blow. And his work rate he can put on a good match, but there's something about him to where, I don't know, something just never really clicked. Right. And Eddie Kingston's never been a good worker. No. And, like, the whole, promo and that's no. it. Like, the other day when he said he quit AEW, it's just like, man, if you, you know, if you didn't read spoilers, then you'd be happy. Yeah. But knowing the fact that he's going to Ring of Honor, it's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he really leaving AEW? Probably where he belongs. Well, he, he's being transferred over to Ring of Honor. That's like a demotion, isn't it? Yeah, he's gonna st- he's gonna start feuding with Claudio for the belt. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, Tony Khan's a fucking dipshit. Yeah, I mean they uh, do have history, so yeah. Yeah, they do. My turn. Yes, sir. All right. If you don't agree with this one, then I got nothing for you. I got the Brothers of Destruction versus Chronic at Unforgiven. Oh, my God. And this actually, well, first of all, the match broke my heart. <laughs> what? Because I was a huge Chronic fan in w, when they were in WCW. They were one of the better parts of late WCW. Yeah. I like Brian Adams, even though I call him Demolition Crap earlier. <laughs> but, you know, here he was he was. Better, like I liked him as part of the Chronic Tag Team, and I've always been a huge fan of Rat. Hey, me too, Brian Clark. So the fact that they went and they did this because I was excited about them coming in. Now I wasn't excited about them being heels. No. Uh, and plus, you knew they were dead in the water when they were going to be managed by Stephen Richards. But them coming in and working with Undertaker and Kane, it's like, all right, cool. This is this is going to be awesome. 
and then the match stopped. And so this broke my heart, but no, like this is a hundred percent like anybody that watched this match and thought it was good had to have taken a hammer to a head at like twenty times. But the one thing and this WWE tries to kind of spin this narrative about the alliance and about the invasion and everything. This match being shitty is not all Chronic's fault. Kane and Undertaker sucked here too. Kane botched twice on uh, the side slam. He botched, yeah. and there was another movie botched too. But Undertaker and Kane weren't much better. It's not like Chronic just came in and blew, and you know Undertaker and Kane had to pick up the slack. Like everyone in the ring was ass on that night. Oh yeah, Undertaker was not any better than fucking Brian Adams that night. Everybody sucked. And what sucks is the fact that Undertaker and Brian Adams were real life, you know, personal friends. Yeah, and it sucks that this didn't work out. But this is a match that, like, it's like it's kind of a it was the hypest match out of the invasion. You know, going into the invasion, it was pretty. That's a hype match. Yeah, because it's like the top tag team in WCW versus the top tag team in uh, WWE. Exactly. But it was just a bunch of big guys fucking falling around. So. Yeah. I mean, and it was just two guys that, you know, Clark and Adams, it was just like, it was almost, it almost felt like it was a burial to them. Yeah. Because they lost in a couple minutes, too. They lost in a couple minutes, and if you really think about it, like, I, and I'm not saying that Vince actually had anything to do with this, because Vince was actually still booking good at the time, but... Brian Adams did not leave the WWF in 97 on good terms. He left, he told Vince McMahon, he's just like, either push me as a main eventer or I'm going to leave. Because he was already mad at what Vince did to Brett anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, when Clark left in 95, you know, while doing the Adam Bomb gimmick, it was almost the same thing. Vince didn't see him as more than a mid-card babyface. So he pretty much just said, fuck you, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, they didn't leave on good terms the first time. No, they didn't. So, no, that was that was definitely a good pick. I mean, you just gave me PTSD by <laughs> picking that. But. It broke my head. All right. Uh, go ahead, Eric. The Fiend vs. Goldberg, Super Show. Super Showdown 2021. Um, another one where it was 2020. Oh, sorry, my bad. Because it was it was like a week, it was like two weeks before uh, everything went to hell. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, this was for the Universal Title. Um, Goldberg came in and beat the Fiend. He he kind of botched the the um jackhammer. The match sucked. I just I watched it yesterday. It was I thought it sucked. I thought the wrong guy won, but they gave it to Goldberg. Well, they gave it to Goldberg because he said he wasn't going to do the match unless they gave it to him. So he did the Hogan. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so his uh, his thought process on it was, the fiend is the heel, I'm the baby face, you're bringing me in, 
I got, you know, this guy needs, to, uh, like, the baby face needs to go over. Yeah. Especially if I'm in the last match. Especially against, like, yeah. I understand Goldberg's thought process because he has always seen his character as a superhero to kids. Yeah. And he's always seen the Goldberg persona as, like, a superhero and that he should, like, do, like, the kids should see him as strong and stuff, and he makes the kids happy, and that's what he does it for the kids. Like, the reason he left the first time was because they were still doing broad penny matches and shit. It's one of the reasons. Yeah. Because uh, they were still kind of attitude and he didn't like the content. Uh, now, here, the Fiend is probably the closest you can get to a supervillain. He's very, like, he's demonic almost, and he's, he's like, evil. Goldberg doesn't like that. And Goldberg thinks that the big superhero should beat the evil guy. That's how he thinks it should have went, just like a comic book. Yeah. So I get his thinking, but it's also very wrong because it's wrestling and you can't win all the time. Even if you are a superhero to kids, sometimes the superhero needs to fall so he can come back stronger. Right. And uh, his ego got in the way. But even if he would have won, the match sucked. Uh, Well, and plus also, too, if you really look at a lot of what Goldberg did, you know, from like 2017 on, yeah, Goldberg could not jackhammer anybody over 260. Yeah, he's getting old, man. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing is that like the best match he's had is with Lesnar. Yeah, but that's also because like even lifting Lesnar up, Lesnar would help him. Yeah, get him over. Like you know. Yep. Because, like, with the jackhammer, so when you lift the guy up for a suplex, it's always easier when the guy kicks his feet straight up in the air. Like, on his own. Okay. Okay. And so, because it's just easier. Now, like, if you have to push the guy's feet up, so it, that is, by the way, hard to do with one fucking hand. Yeah. Especially when the hand you have to use to push the guy's butt up is not your good hand because you have the guy's fucking body in your good hand. So, like, all right, so I'm right-handed, right? Yeah. So let's say I get you up for a suplex. Um, good luck with that. Let's just say. <laughs> uh, we're not going to demonstrate it because we're not, you know, this isn't a video show anyway. But I get you up for a suplex. So I have you on my right side and I lift you up. Yeah. Now, if you kick your feet up right away, there's no problem. So, like, if you have your feet straight up in the air. Uh-huh. But if I have to give you that nudge, so I have to take – so, like, pretty much what I have to do is I have to hold your feet up with my bad hand if you're already not kicking them up to begin with. Yeah. All right? So that's already hard to do, and then I have to turn you over. Thank God this is in a video podcast. Yeah. I, I do want other people to see what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing it. <laughs> so then I have to take you over, yeah. you know, in, in the slam, but it's just like, I, you know, there's already so much because you do way more than me. Just like a lot of the guys. You're like five pounds, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. But like, but also too, like, I can only lift so much. Yeah. Goldberg at 60 years old can only lift so much. And doing a move like that, like doing a spear, all the spear is a tackle. Yeah. All right. Goldberg sixty. Uh, almost. Damn, he's still looking good. 
Well, he's 57, so I'm almost, well, I rounded up to the nearest 100, <laughs> or to hey. the nearest 10. I'm 57. Don't you be rounding me up. Yours uh, old ta- Goldberg. Yeah. We're talking about Goldberg, not you. Quit being so selfish. Anyway, but, like, that's, like, Goldberg's thing is that, like, having to list somebody up that is, you know, twice the amount that you could probably list at, you know, your certain age. Yeah. It's just, it's more difficult. I don't know why the hell I had to. Yeah, you know, I don't know what all that was. Yeah. I, <laughs> you took 10 minutes to say Goldberg's old. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Which I agree. And with the you and me thing, you basically said, I'm fat and you're a pussy. And, uh, <laughs> my turn? Oh, yeah. Like, we're actually going to argue that I'm a pussy. <laughs> uh, I think no, it's my turn. You're a tough guy. What number, what number did Eric just give? Seven. We need to hurry this thing up along, too. Oh, shit. I got shit to do. Uh, Hollywood Hogan and the Warrior from Halloween Havoc 98. So anybody that saw their match at WrestleMania six and how you know how much of a spectacle it was and all that, if you were expecting that in nineteen ninety eight when Hogan was an even bigger piece of shit in nineteen ninety eight, you were disappointed. Well yeah, Warrior was past his prime and Hogan couldn't really do anything and a botched fireball later, it's just this was never gonna work. Yeah, well especially with the fact that like the only reason why Hogan wanted Warrior in WCW was to get his win back. And then they were going to dump him, like, right after. Because, you know, what do you know? Hogan's selfish. Yeah. That's all I pretty much got about that. You want to, Do we want to move on to the next one? Well, I can't yeah. wait to watch this match. Uh, trust me. Uh, if, you, if you don't want to lose the will to live, you'll want to skip it. Oh, no, because I'm watching all 98, so I'm going to get to that point anyway, so. Yeah. Watch it at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm already in June, so. (laughs) All right. Next up, I have at number seven, right? Yeah. I have. Yep. Locktown 2007, Chris Harris versus James Storm in a blindfold cage match. Oh, my God. Terrible idea. This is the thing about having every match be a steel cage match on that pay-per-view. It's exhausting. And it, none of it, it's not special. It totally makes the match not special. And what? You don't need a fucking blindfold. You got a blood feud between the tag team that just broke up. Have them just beat the shit out of each other in the cage. Why do you need a blindfold? Yeah. And the fact that they were having, you know, Storm go over at first anyway was, when everybody thought Chris Harris was going to be the star, but it's just like Storm ended up being, Storm ended up being the, the star of that tag team, and then when they wanted Storm to be the star of Beer Money, it ended up being rude. Yeah. So that just goes to show how much everybody thought Chris Harris was just dog shit. Well, we never made it. Yeah. We saw how well Braden Walker went. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he doesn't know how to throw a cross body block off the top rope. Yeah. Uh, fucking a move Brodus Clay can fucking do. All right, and Brodus Clay is about <laughs> is about as athletic as I am. Uh, uh-huh. and fucking Chris Harris, who's six six, 
as as athletic as all hell. And, yeah, but he got chubby when he went to WWE. Yeah. It was just it was Yeah, but this was stupid. Blindfold oh, matches aren't really that good anyway. There's a couple that are okay. Yeah, like the WrestleMania seven match was it was entertaining because you had two good guys in there that could be entertaining. It was entertaining and I still stand by Nidia and Jamie Noble. <laughs> At no way out. The only thing I liked about that match is uh, the fact that, like, it, it just goes to show what, how much of a coward Jamie Noble was, the character Jamie Noble, he had to cheat because to be he woman. had to cheat to beat his girlfriend. All right. Go ahead, Eric. Number six. I kind of think of all um, – um, it's not exact, any Nia Jack match, so I kind of think of any – particular Nia Jack match, but I just put it together and say any any Nia Jack oh, match. Nia Jax's entire career. Yes, exactly. All her matches from what I watched have been terrible. Every match? She's not a good worker. Huh? Even the one where she, oh. uh, she landed on her ass and she's like, my hole, my hole. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But nothing about, you know, but, you know, there's nothing more, you know, there's no more of a turn on than a big woman complaining about her hole. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, ladies, if you want to complain, write to Doug Hummer, P.O. Box. Uh... So, but no, with Nia, it was just, she was such, supposed to be such a big star because of her bloodline. The problem is nobody taught her how to work. Yeah, she hurt people. She was a botch fest. I would say she has some good matches. I thought her Ronda matched up pretty nicely. That uh, match was a lot better than it should have been. And her stuff with Alexa at WrestleMania was pretty good. So. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, Eric. I, I don't know if I'd say her whole career is bad. I mean, and you could say that about number, like, if you wanted to put her on the top ten worst wrestlers list, go ahead, but. I think I have. I like, Great Khali's got worse matches than her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I see what you're saying. All right. Go ahead, Doug. All right. My number six is something. Uh Oh. Oh, here we go. Here's where the hate's coming. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match for the WWF title at WrestleMania 12. Hmm. This match is better than NyQuil. I mean, it is too long. It is kind of overrated, and it is a bit boring. I don't know if it belongs in a worst match of all time, but it's your list, so... I asked for your I permission to put it on, and you said yes. Yeah, you have my permission. Yeah, that doesn't mean I agree with it. Uh, but I'm telling, I, I, I'm telling it. Like if you have, if you haven't slept in a few days because you've had a cold or something, just put this match on, you'll be out. I mean, the ending's entertaining, like the Boyhood Dream and all that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you hate Shawn Michaels, so obviously you don't care. Well, I don't hate Shawn Michaels. I'm never gonna share. You like Shawn Michaels the character back then. The entrance was cool. That that was really cool. 
And I do think, like, towards the end of the match, it got a little better. Cause, like, but you can't have 60 minutes of no faults. Yeah. There's been way better Iron Man matches. Yeah. Hmm. Even our yeah. Iron Man matches that are way better. Yeah. So. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. All right. My turn. I understand. My number six is Miss WrestleMania from WrestleMania 25. Oh, my God. God, you know that you don't give a fuck about your entire women's division when you have to have somebody dress up in drag to win the fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, thank God for the women's revolution because they did not give a shit back then. Santino Morella won Miss WrestleMania. And that's all we got to say. Yeah. Uh, It was stupid. It didn't work. Uh, The girls weren't really elevated yet. And the ones they had, like poor Gail Kim. They brought her back in time to do this match. And she didn't win it. No, and it's just like... Santino did. Yeah. It was just... It was It was between this and the hog pen match with Santina and uh, Vicky. Yeah. But I went with this. Oh, my... Yeah, this was, this was actually a good pick because this... Like, oh, right. my God. All right, Eric. Number five. Go... Undertaker vs. Goldberg, the Super Shoot Showdown 2019. Um, another box match. I watched this one yesterday, too. Goldberg nearly almost uh, entered Undertaker's neck when he uh, put him in the jackhammer. And uh, he watched that. Yeah, this match just didn't live up to the hype. It was probably 10 years too late, but yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I don't need to, you know, go into my jackhammer demonstration, you know, because everybody already got the picture from the last time. Uh, uh, but, like, yeah, it was just – the jackhammer is a move that Goldberg should have just given up at 50. Yeah. It should have just been the spear. Yeah. I mean, because to be honest with you, I was looking forward to that match. Like, I yeah, thought it was going to be good. But... Not, how, though? Come on. It should have happened 20 years earlier. No, I it, agree. It didn't happen. It happened way too late. They were both old as fuck. Undertaker was like, this is when it was getting dangerous. He needed to get the fuck out. And if it if it takes yep. you, you know, have like tombstone somebody on their fucking head, like, dude, it's bad. Yeah. It's just like it it was a bad unsafe match and it's like and the fact that it was in Saudi Arabia and it, it just makes it all dirty because it was just a money grub like they just did it for cash and they put tried to put on a spectacle and it 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 was stupid and it didn't work and just like the tag team match that might be on people's list too with DX and the Brothers of Destruction it's like they really they tried to bring out all the oldies for you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, but, and also it's very hot there. It's very hot. Yeah. The heat is way different than it is here. So yeah, all that it is. And, and the temperature in the building apparently was really hot. It was bullshit. No, hundred percent agree. All right, go ahead, Doug. Number four or number five. Big show versus Eric Rowan in a stairs match at TLC 2014. Big Show should not have won anything from between 2013 to 2017 unless it was a donut-eating contest. Like, this guy's push should have ended 
way before it did. And like I'm not saying Eric Rowan should Eric Rowan should have gotten the big babyface run, but like when you turned him babyface, you fucking pretty much just started jobbing him out after just because you have this big fat fuck who you know doesn't know how to just stay home and say you know what I'm good. I don't need to get over anymore. Uh, but no, this fucking ass, the match sucked to begin with, and then you have this fucking idiot go over when, like, you know, a lot of the guys from Survivor Series that were on Cena's team were going over that night, but yet you couldn't give the rub to this guy? Yeah. Uh, yep. Like, and Big Show's on my list a couple of times, so. Match was pretty shitty. Yeah. All right, my number five. I have Brandy Rhodes versus uh, Allie at Fight for the Fallen. Oh, my God. By the way, I was nice to AEW this time, Eric, because this is the only match from them I have on this list, even though I could put the last uh, three months on this list yeah. if I wanted to. Uh, I love Cody. Obviously, I'm a huge Cody fan. And Brandy, his wife, I like their like TV show. I mean, Ms. and Mrs. is better. Yeah, but but I did like their TV show, and I do like uh, them as a couple, and I like Brandy, and I think Brandy's like a good supportive wife and a, probably a good mother, and she's smoking hot. Yeah, and she's a nice nice person it seems like, uh, but she couldn't work, and she tried. You can tell she tried, or she you can tell she trained her ass off, and she really wanted to. Yeah, but there was something in her it didn't yep. click, and Allie's okay, but not enough to hold a match. And uh, this, uh, like, you had uh, Awesome Kong come out. It just sucked. And the Kong shit never went anywhere. It's just Brandy's uh, nightmare little faction thing she did was probably the first failure AEW had. Nightmare Collective, I think. That was fucking stupid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and it's just like... Yeah. Like, the whole thing, because Allie was one of the hairs that ended up being cut, like, at, at some point, right? And then, uh, like, when they came out and they just started, like, cutting people's hair or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they ended up cutting Allie's hair, and then, like, three months later, she ended up being called the Bunny. Yeah. And, and who was the first person that the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny attacked? It was Cody Rhodes. And, like, I just wanted to be, like, when Cody was, you know, bitching about the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny, I said, it's like, you could blame your wife. She fucking cut Allie's yeah. hair. Uh, no, the match sucked, and I've got nothing against Brandy Rose. I've got nothing against Allie. Allie, uh, you know, lives in our, you know, in our, you know, uh, old territory. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, lives oh, wow. from this toy shop I want to go visit, you know, when we're home. And I'm glad she's okay after dying on impact. Yeah. That also helps, too. She actually died? They killed her all. Oh, they killed her off, but she didn't. Yeah. They, they killed her off because uh, Impact uh, is one of the, they kind of take it from Lucha Underground that, like, when they're done with you, they'll just kill you. Okay. Have they done that to anybody else? Or? Eric Young. Okay. Eric Young, and I actually think that's how they wrote Ethan Page off. They just kill him? Yeah. What happened? How did Ellie die? Uh, knife to the throat. Oh, nice. So a slit. Oh, very good. Uh, so, 
Eric Young's <laughs> son was Kenny Omega. WWE and AEW started. You gotta calm down. All right. Number four, Eric. Let's go. Smokes, let's go. Number four. Goldberg versus Kevin Nash, 1998. 1998. Um, nothing much to say about this. Uh, with, with another bad match, bad ending. This is not the way to end the streak. Scott Hall pays uh, him, and then the power bomb. Yeah, it, it wasn't the way to end the streak. If you went to end the streak, end it clean. I don't want to argue, so we'll move on. I but I actually do have a soft spot for this match. I don't think it's that bad. The, the, I don't think the match sucked. And by the way, with as many times as you put Goldberg on your list, I would check through the peephole every time your doorbell rings tomorrow. Goldberg and Nia Jax would have beat the shit out of you. Uh, and I was a, I'm a Goldberg fan. I like him when the Oh, yeah, it shows. Seems like it. I'm, I'm, I couldn't. No one blamed I'm you. I'm just being honest. I know. We I can put, my, put a uh, guy I like on the list. Yes, you can. Yeah, yes. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Doug's just a dip. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yes. All right, Sid and Tatanka versus Diesel and Bam Bam Bigelow from King of the Ring '95. Yeah, butt cheeks. Oh my God! This first of all, the whole pay per view sucked. I don't know if it's because it was in Philly or what, but uh, uh, hey. WWE just likes to put together bad pay per views in Philadelphia. You can just tell that that's. You know, that's what they think of the city. All right, my number four. This many fifteen wasn't bad. <laughs> Who do you got more on? Uh, no, let's keep going. I'm going to go turn the mic All right. <laughs> uh, Sharon, can we get a moment of silence, please, for Pepper? Pepper Fox? No, R.I.P. Pepper, Al Snow's dog, that led to this match, my number four match, the kennel from hell. Oh, God. Where you have a, we've talked about it on the show, but let me describe it to Sharon for a second, even though she's probably heard. I'm listening. It's a cage match, right? With a dog? Multiple dogs on the outside. It was Big Boss Man and Al Snow, and there's two layers of cages. You got to get out of the first layer, but behind the first layer is pit bulls and dogs everywhere. Oh. And because he killed, Al Snow had a, had a dog named Pepper that he became very good friends with, and it made him stop talking to the plastic head, really. Yeah. And uh, he was really into Pepper, and uh, Boss Man killed Pepper and fed it to him. What? <laughs> yeah. He had him go over <laughs> Like, he had him eat at a hotel. They Please ate. tell me this was all fake, though. No, it was 100% real. Uh, they didn't kill the dog. It's a shoot. No, it was it was a work dog. They didn't really, they didn't, they didn't eat the dog. But they ate, Al Snow ate something, and then he said it was Pepper. Okay. And he beat the shit out of him, and, you know. R.I.P. Pepper. That dog was a little ugly chihuahua, though. Yeah. Uh, so, to get revenge for Pepper, you had dogs on the outside of the cage, and you had to escape. And, and they had dog trainers with them, but it was so bad because one thing that they didn't account for, and I've talked about it on the show, but these dogs weren't like wild animals. It's not like having wolves or like... They're dogs. Like, right. the dogs are vicious, but they're trained dogs. And also, the dogs had to pee. 
So oh, the God. dogs are they're pissing all over. Yeah, the <laughs> they're squatting in the corner of the cage, pissing and stuff on the floor and shit. <laughs> That's funny. It was just so bad, it made no sense, and it was never going to be good. Jr. said it looked good on paper, but even on paper, you should have known. Having dogs and like you can't have an animal that you can't really control. Like, and what are they going to do? Have a dog fucking bite out Big Boss Man's throat? You already yeah. hung the poor guy. It's just. It was it was completely ridiculous. One of the worst gimmick matches of all time. They didn't sell yep. that place, man. Yeah, that's not a toy. Uh, dog piss sold separately. <laughs> all right, Eric, number three. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not on Doug's list yet, but um, the Chamber of Horror match. Um, we we talked about this on the show. Review reviewed the pay per view. Uh, yeah, this this whole thing was just a bad match all around. <sighs> Even though it is kind of fun to look at fondly because of how bad it is. and here I love Dusty, watching this match, by the way. Because hearing Dusty describe it and how he woke up in cold sweats, Daddy. Cold yeah. sweats. And, and Mankind, you know, or Mick Foley, the, the lever dropped already, so he had to pick up the lever and drop it again. For and the they film it? Yeah, and they showed it on camera of him fucking lifting it up and then putting it back down. And, you know, just putting a duel with the butcher in an electric chair, it's just, it, it was too fucky. It was never going to work. It just, it was a fun idea, but like, good, good try, Dusty. Yeah, and again, I love yeah. watching this match, to be honest with you, because that Halloween Havoc 91 pay-per-view, like, it sucked. But it's one of my favorite pay-per-views to watch. I bet it is. Uh, but and think of the guy. Think of like what the original lineup was supposed to be. Like they were supposed to wrestle Oz, Diamond Stud, One Man Gang, and Barry Windham. And Barry Windham was a babyface at the time, but he was going to be on the heel team. Wyndham was? Yeah, and Dusty finally realized that he was like, oh, he's a babyface daddy. We can't have him on the heel team. So they fucking, they came up with that angle to get him out of the match. It and was then, never going to work, though. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, all right, you want me to go to my number three? Yeah. Another match featuring Sting. Vampiro versus Sting, the Human Torch match from the Great American Bash 2000. Vampiro and Sting was a great rivalry. The problem with this match was the the way you win the match is you set your opponent on fire. Not even that is why it's bad, because let's not forget the Inferno match where you set your opponent on fire. And that match was fun. And it's cool. And Undertaker and Kane, and it worked for, for what it was because Kane got set on fire as a kid. So storyline-wise, even though that's wacky too, the Inferno match was fun, and it's still used today sometimes. And it is, and it worked. The problem is, is that Vince Russo sucked, and he was unoriginal, and it just seemed like like another like Buzzkill with Road Dog. It like they were redoing everything that worked in WWE. Okay, so like you said, the Inferno match, right? Well, the Inferno match was, it had that ring of fire yeah. around the ring. Yeah. Okay? Here in the Human Torch match, there was no ring of fire. It was, throw lighter fuel, fluid on the guy or gasoline or whatever the fuck, 
light the match, and, and then there you go. Then get the marshmallows out and start cooking. I don't think that's – yeah, I agree with you, but to me that's not why it didn't work because it's the same result. Man, man, I'm fired. You get the same ending either way. I don't think that that's why it didn't work. I think it didn't work because it was so unoriginal because he stole it from himself. They ran out of ideas and, like, everything they were doing. Like, who who was the guy that was ripping off the rock at the time? Hoovintooth. Hoovy. Like, like, everything they were doing, it was just – Ripping off, like, his, he was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I'm failing this company. Like, what did I do that worked? Oh, the Inferno match. All right, let's, even though Vampiro has really nothing to do with fire, a little bit, but not really. Sting has nothing to do with fire, not like Kane in the backstory, but yeah. let's have them light each other on fire. It, it was stupid. It was never going to work. To me, it's just Russo trying to, like, reuse his ideas. Right. And by the way, like as far as hooping through the rock goes, I mean there a lot of similarities between <laughs> Rock is six foot five, uh fucking you know, fucking handsome. Hooventude, uh, you know, five foot nine and wore a mask for ten years because he's so fucking ugly. I wouldn't say Rock's really handsome anymore. He kinda looks like my well, left. I mean he he was back then. He looks like one of my balls now. Yeah, well I'll say you shaver. <laughs> Uh, all right, my turn. Yeah, three. My number yes, three sir. is another WCW, and that's Hulk Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett at Bash at the Beach 2000. Oh, my God. Just because the company was already so far in the hole, it was over, it was ruined, but they, like, Jarrett laying down because he was a Russo guy, and, like... It was just disrespectful to the business. It was disrespectful to the fans that paid a ticket. Hogan's selfish. Like, and nobody's – everyone is equally at fault for being yeah. a piece of shit in this. Hogan with this creative control. Vince Russo with being an idiot that rewrote the script 18 times. He didn't. He did not know how to run a company, and he shouldn't have been running creative. He was so fucking stupid. He couldn't run a – he couldn't even run a lemonade stand, I'm sure. Yeah. He was bad. You know, Jarrett was under the spell. It, like, it just, it was stupid. And that it made that pay-per-view stupid. Yeah. And it was like, this is the last hope. And Russo thought he was tearing down the walls by doing the promo, the shoot promo. But it was just all ridiculous. And if, no one was watching. If you listen to I Jeff Jarrett, about putting this on my list too. Jeff Jarrett had even said, what would have been the harm if Hulk, if Hulk would have just beat me? Like, I, I understand where well because Jerry even said he's like I understand where Vince was coming from because we wanted to build Booker, but if Hulk had really had that big of a problem with putting me over, we should have just done what Hulk wanted. Like I, uh, we should have just there was really no harm in Hulk just beating me. And <laughs> you are getting very dramatic tonight. Well, I'm. I love it. Thank you. Uh, anyway, yeah, great. I mean, that's, that's pretty much how he said it. Yeah. No, I know, uh, but also Hulk's an arrogant bitch, and it's like you don't need to always have the belt. Well, you can't. Uh, and well, you think like it's gonna recapture the magic, and you're gonna go back to the Monday Night Wars because you beat Jeff Jarrett for the title? No. By the way, the original plan was he was going to he was going to win and then quit and then come back in like three months. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I swear to God, like there were certain times to where, like, instead of sucking on Hulk's dick, 
Bischoff should have just punched him in it. And the fact, the fact that this is the last time you ever see him at WCW and like him throwing the belt in the back and shit. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it was ridiculous and you feel bad for the company. But, uh, all right, go ahead, Eric. Number two. Number two, um, we already talked about it. It's Goldberg and Brock at WrestleMania 17. So, nothing much to say. I can correct him, right? WrestleMania 20. All right, you can. All right, go ahead, Doug. WrestleMania 20. AJ McKay, Hollywood Hogan versus Roddy Piper at Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a Hogan-Piper cage match. But when both of them are over the fucking hill, there's a lot wrong with it. It's just, it sucks. And I hate saying that about Roddy Piper. I have no problem saying that about Hogan. But I hate saying that about Roddy Piper. It's just, it was awful. It was awful? Yeah. I'm not going to say any more about it because I'm losing my voice. All right. Next up, I got Royal Rumble 2003, Triple H, and Scott Steiner. Oh, my. Get one. My voice is going to be gone. If you were from WCW, (laughs) fucking run the hell away from Triple H. (laughs) He was determined to bury all those motherfuckers. And Steiner shouldn't even been in this position for a title shot with his foot injury that he was going through. He could barely fucking move. Yeah. Uh, It was just, it was a bad match. And the No Way Out was pretty shitty too, but this one was kind of worse. I put it on. Yeah. It's just, again, Scott Steiner had 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 foot problems, I think, up to that point. Like, he was dealing with it for, like, three years. Yeah. And by the way, gout is a very serious issue. Like, you can barely walk when you have the gout. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... It shouldn't have been – it shouldn't have gone that far. Yeah. And Triple H was going to yep. make him look shitty anyway, so. Yeah, well, because Triple H – again, Triple yeah. H was willing to believe it's like we beat them in the Monday Night War. Why the fuck do I have to put any of them over? Like, in tw- I mean, it's fair. I mean, like, in 2015 when he did it to Sting – That that was fucked up. He should have lost that match. And he even admits it. Yeah. He's just like, look, but – because we were going to do the segment with Rock and Ronda to set up WrestleMania 32. It made more sense at the time for me to go over on Sting, especially since I had to come back out. Yeah. But, of course, you know, Rock's schedule. First of all, you don't set up a match a year ahead of time unless you can, unless you have it pretty much set up uh I mean, it worked with Rock and Cena, but yeah. that's it. Well, it worked with Rock and Cena because Rock was still, like, Rock's production company was still willing to let him do that shit. You don't fucking set something up a year ahead of time unless you have full commitment from the guy that it's going to happen. What I mean by full commitment, I mean you put a fucking tracking device in him that's going to make him fucking blow up if he doesn't show up at the fucking show. Yeah, he's, he's too busy starting another football league. Yeah, in like, front of 30 people. yeah, he's starting another, you know, he's forcing another fucking thing down our throats. <laughs> fucking moron. Who is this? The Rock. <laughs> hey, the Rock Get everybody's awesome. hopes up by bringing, Henry, by, you know, costing Henry Cavill a job by promising him another one, which nobody plans on fulfilling. And then you're bringing back a football league that's failed twice. Oh, yeah, you're going to do great, Rock. <laughs> is that started yet? Yeah, <laughs> it's been out for two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, it's on ESPN yeah. Plus. 
I no one's it. watching. I felt really bad though. Like I was watching the one Instagram video, and he's like giving a very riveting like introduction speech, and then it like pans to the crowd. And there's like 30 people in the audience. Oh yeah. God! It's like God. I mean, Rock's like really like a smart business guy. Like Termana his tequila very well. Like number one tequila. That his energy drink Zoa does very well. But certain things, it's like not everything's gonna work. And this, I mean. Who who else needs to tell you that the XFL is not going to work? It's failed. Like I guess the last time was more due to COVID, but still, like the XFL alternative football is never going to work in the states. People like that little break after the Super Bowl. Yeah, they don't want to yeah. go right back into football. No, I should have waited a couple weeks before they went right back into it. Either wait, but even I don't think it can work. I think people like the NFL; they're used to it. If you're going to do it, take it to another country. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, if Rock doesn't stop with all these side projects that more than likely are not going to work, he's going to end up selling perfume in a mall somewhere. I don't think he'll ever have to do that, but I think even if they all fail, he'll still be able to wipe his ass with our salary. But yeah. uh, but I agree. Yeah. All right, you're next. Who just went? I don't know. No, I'm not. Who was the match? I'm not. Right. Uh, the match was Triple H and Scott Steiner. So okay, number specific. one, Doug, or Eric, Clintus. Number one, drum roll. Who is, what is the hey. worst match of all time? I know. The finger poke of doom. Okay. Yeah. Hogan and Nash. That's what ruined the company, so. Yeah. Yep. And do we even really want to blame Hogan for that? That was more Nash's idea. Whoever was at the helm, it was fucking stupid. I know what they were trying to do, and Nash will even tell you I fucked up. But it took him a while to get there. It was just really bad, and it shouldn't have happened. Because yeah. that was a big match. You know, you got the fucking Wolf Pack versus the Black and White, Hogan versus Nash, like, and then a finger poke, and he was back together, and then it's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, what are yeah, I, I love the Wolf Pack. Like, oh, Mick Foley with the title. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Pretty much. All right, Doug. Big Cats versus Big Show at SummerSlam 2017. It's the worst match ever? My opinion. Okay. So, uh, Big Cass was not he was the big quality ass. worker that they wanted him to be. Well, first of all, like, if you're going to try to get somebody over, don't use Big Show. For God's sake, use somebody that, you know, is fucking, that's worth using. And plus, Big Show had a bad hip at the time, too, I believe. So, like, it just, it didn't work. And uh, then, like, because this was in the middle of the Cass-Enzo feud, and then you had Enzo up in a shark tank, and it was just, it was, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, no, nah, it's just, it was fucking dog shit. Like, and the match went eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. I would rather sit there and watch one of the jackass guys take a poop for eight minutes. That would be more <laughs> interesting. to be steve Actually, no, I like the big guy, Preston. You'd watch Preston shit before you watch that? Yeah, before I would watch Big Cass versus Big Show. 
at SummerSlam. That's fair. Are you sure? Not really. <laughs> All right. Ready for my number one? Yeah, why not? The worst in my mind, even though I kind of liked this guy as a kid, being a second-generation superstar, even though now I realize he never knew how to wrestle. He probably couldn't even fucking step in the ring without tripping. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back to Mayhem 1999, another WCW match, an intergender match. (laughs) I'm going to go with Kimberly Page versus David Flair. Whereas the big spot in the match is she kicks him in the nuts. He reveals he has a cup, so she kicks him in the nuts again when he takes it out and then puts the cup in his mouth. Oh! <laughs> Terrible match. <laughs> Kimberly was fucking So hot. technically he sucked his own dick. <laughs> yeah. David Fla- oh. Rick Flair's son sucked his own pee-pee. Rick Flair, <laughs> Rick Flair dick go on it. Uh, yeah, Kimberly yeah. was hot. Kimberly was hot, so we'll give her that. But she had no business being in the wrestling ring. She should have stayed with the cheerleader Nitro girls. And the David Flair DDP feud was fucking awful. Oh, my God. David Flair going psycho. I thought it was interesting because it's like it's something different. And him and Crowbar and Daphne was like, I was. I, I, love, didn't, I love when they did that after. Yeah. But this whole thing and him tr- like kind of being menacing and stuff, it just. He had a good, he had good crazy eyes. You got to give yeah. him that. He did have good crazy eyes. But besides that, uh, he couldn't wrestle either. He sucked. She couldn't wrestle. So when you got people, two people that can't wrestle in a match, you know, yeah. and he's chasing her around the building and stuff. Kimberly, like it just, it was stupid. It was weird. One of the buildup things to that was when the lights started flickering in her dressing room, and she's like, oh, my God, not again, not again. And then you have uh, Jim Duggan, who was doing the janitor thing at the time, yeah. going, hold on, what the hell's going <laughs> on in here, young lady? Oh, my, you blew another fuse. Well, I'll tell you what, I got fuses, young lady. Let me take care of this. I got this. I got this. Like, yeah. this damn building, and always blowing a fuse. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, my shit. Like, I thought it was funny. It was funny. But then, like, the whole thing with David Flair, and I've mentioned it on the show this so many times, the cage match between Benoit and Malenko, and uh, Revolution gets involved, so the Filthy Animals come out, because the Filthy Animals were, they were face, but they were heel. They were face when fighting Revolution, but they were heel fighting everybody else. And they come out, but then David Flair comes out and beats the shit out of the rest of them with, with a crowbar. Uh, but he does the baby face thing and unlocking Benoit from the handcuffs that he was in. Yeah. And then you have fucking Conan running away and you have Sting, who was a heel an hour beforehand, uh, you know, attacking Conan from behind and that automatically made Sting a baby face again. So the two guys that were supposed to be heel, Sting and David Flair, made the big baby face save. <sighs> Ridiculous. Oh, and that was on no. the show or no? No, that's on uh, that's on a Nitro a few weeks beforehand, and then it was on that same Nitro when like David Flair after being the big hero. Yeah, he goes nuts. He was well. He was walking out of the building, and Kimberly ran him over with a car. And this was two weeks before they Did they mowed Austin over. Or? Yeah, because he had already taken out. Same with the deal. 
And then he was going nuts. and He had already gone nuts because they did what they did to his father. Yeah. He took out Dallas Page. The next week on Nitro, after he'd done the big baby face thing, Kimberly ran him over with the car. And then that's when he started, like, really stalking her. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, the crowbar on a pole match from Starcade could be put on here, too. Because him and DDP's match wasn't yes. much better. Yeah. But I don't like intergender matches anyway, really. And this one was just really bad. To yeah. me, it's the worst match of all time. And you're not wrong, I don't think, because uh, that whole mayhem pay-per-view, like if you look at, first of all, 12 matches cannot really, 12 well-booked matches cannot be fit on a three-hour card. I agree. Because you have to, it's four matches an hour. You have to be given, like, a good amount of time, but also, like, you have your promos, you have your video packages. You have, like, the 20 times that Heenan and Shivani have to be on camera. It, just, it doesn't work. I agree. All right, we ready to get out of here? Yeah, my voice is just about yep. shot. Check out the other shows, Wrestling Outlet, Box and Smirk. Uh, Elite Diplo Doc and everybody else. Hootie who. We you. are going on, uh, we are going to be on a break so tomorrow night on Unscripted Unlimited. That is going to be like the last show that we're going to be doing for a couple weeks. And then we'll be back with a new slate and we'll let everybody know. Yeah. Peace. Later. See you, See you tomorrow, guys. For real. Yeah. See, you. See you, Bob. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.